So we will continue uh, the interactive style of this service, and we're going to learn something together. First, I should ask, does anyone here speak Vietnamese? Because if you do, you should come up here with me right now. <laughs> All right. Well, you can come tutor me later, too, if you would like. Um, Happy New Year's in Vietnamese goes like this. Chuk mong nam moi. So I'll say it word by word, and you can repeat back to me. Chuk. Mong. Nam. Moi. And now all together. Chuk mong nam moi. Awesome. Happy New Year. Now here's the tricky bit. That's all the Vietnamese I know, <laughs> those four words. And Vietnamese, like a lot of languages, is a tonal language, meaning that the words change significance depending on their pitch. And since I don't speak Vietnamese, it's definitely possible that I just taught you all how to say horse, water, run, mother, or something. <laughs> It's almost Lunar New Year, Tet, what the Vietnamese call it, which for some of us, including myself, the first thing I think of is the Tet Offensive when the Viet Cong launched major military attacks all over Vietnam during the holiday ceasefire, catching the US and South Vietnamese forces off guard. And this is what is tricky, that even to say Happy New Year's requires a confession of assimilation on my part, and that even to name Tet launches the memory of a war that has deeply shaped my family and the history of this country, including the history of this faith. At the multicultural potluck last night, some of you shared stories of the food that you brought or of your family's immigration to the United States. And in those brief moments, we heard stories that touched on slavery, on the Holocaust, on workers' co-ops and mill towns, and on families spanning continents and oceans. And the same thing happened when we try to tell a story about a pan of lasagna or about when our ancestors came here. We can't help but tell a thousand little stories with it. So happy New Year's, Chukmang Namoy. Here is the story of Tet with a thousand little stories with it. On February 3rd, it will be the new year again. Millions of Asians and Asian Americans will celebrate the Lunar New Year. And though January 1st was not so long ago, we will turn to one another and we will say, Happy New Year again. Lunar New Year is not a specifically religious holiday, and it's celebrated in a huge variety of ways. The practices, the greetings, even what it's called, differ from Beijing to Tokyo to Hanoi to the Chinatowns, the little Saigons, all the tiny and large communities of the Asian diaspora. In large Asian communities, Lunar New Year is a little bit like Christmas. You're celebrating it whether you mean to or not. 
The shops are full of New Year's specials. Elders are giving kids red envelopes with money for prosperity in the new year. And the average greeting turns from hello to happy new year. Growing up didn't happen for me in a large Asian community. My elders mailed the red envelopes to my brother and I, and we'd celebrate family style. The four of us at our kitchen table in Knoxville, Tennessee, or later in Dayton, Ohio, undeniably connected to dragon dances in San Francisco and fireworks in Shanghai, but also undeniably isolated. Tet, for me, is my German-Irish mom refrying a girl's bot at Lynn's restaurant. Tet is bringing dried winter melon and candied coconut to school to share with my classmates. Tet is me full of pride in being half Vietnamese. And Tet is me full of shame, not really knowing what that means to be half Vietnamese. Tet is about ancestors. It's bringing fresh mangoes and flowers to my altar, placing offerings of egg roll and nook nam next to pictures of grandma and grandpa Win. Tet is lighting incense, letting the smoke rise, and with it prayers of thanksgiving to ancestors who have gone before, and prayers of hope for the new year. Tet is about letting go, and it's about being rooted. For me, it's become a time to celebrate where I come from and to invite myself to let go of the insecurities I have around identity, to let go of the question, am I, as a person born and raised in the US with a Vietnamese father and a white mother, Vietnamese enough to celebrate Tet? and instead ask, how do I want to celebrate Tet as a Vietnamese American, as Elizabeth Nguyen? So I invite you all into my celebration of Tet, a recognition of all of our ancestors, all of our identities, of the power of assimilation and the desire to conform, and of the power of remembering and being who we are in all of our many ways. Audre Lorde, who we read in our responsive reading, knows something about multiple identities. She described herself as black, lesbian, mother, warrior, poet. Born in New York to parents who had immigrated from Granada, Lorde gives us this litany for survival, a call to be who we are, everything that we are. So it is better to speak remembering that we were never meant to survive, she writes. What she says is not that those of us who live on the shoreline will not survive. She does not say that those of us who are afraid are not survivors. No, she says that it is better to be who we are, people of our own shorelines, people who cross communities of culture and of faith and claim multiple identities. 
former Catholics married to pagans, humanists serving on committees with Christians, cultural Jews in the pew with Buddhist yogis and agnostic mystics, families from Germany and Guatemala, Vietnam and Ireland, African-American neighbors sharing a corner store, a coffee shop, a playground with Brazilians, Haitians and Colombians. It is better to be who we are as Unitarian Universalists in Cambridge, all of these things and more than to be silent. At the beginning of this church year, Reverend Fred Small preached welcome to the borderlands, celebrating the new America in all of its difference and intersections and our place in it as Unitarian Universalists. And I have to admit that the first thought that came to me was, welcome to the borderlands. Yeah, Fred, welcome to the borderlands. I've been in the borderlands for a while. And maybe some of you, or, or maybe it's just me, had a similar thought. Maybe you thought, I'm a borderland, or my family is a borderlands, or my child is a borderlands. We celebrate Lunar New Year today, not in the traditional way, because really, I don't know how to celebrate in another way. Instead, we take this time to celebrate the heck out of our ancestors, to recall our inner borderlands, to speak to the experience of belonging to more than one place and sometimes feeling like we belong to no place. In his epic poem, Omeris, which opened Juno Diaz's The Brief and Wonderful Life of Oscar Wow, Derek Walcott writes, I have Dutch, black, and English in me, and either I'm nobody or I'm a nation. Derek Walcott was born in the West Indies. He went to school in Jamaica, became a teacher and literary critic in Trinidad. He was the first Caribbean to receive the Nobel Prize in literature. He knows something about being from more than one place. Either I'm nobody or I'm a nation. This tet we light figurative incense in honor of all those times we felt like nobody and all those times we felt like a nation. We light incense for the people and the places who've made us who we are. We light incense knowing that some of these people and places have made our stories joyful and rich and some of these places and people have made our stories painful and complicated. We light incense recognizing that rape, involuntary migration, imperialism, displacement, and war are part of the stories of our ancestors. And we light incense with the knowledge that some of us don't know where we come from that things have been lost. It's okay not to know, and it's okay not to want to know. We light incense to being from many places and being many people. Zadie Smith is an English novelist and essay writer. Her first book, White Teeth, 
tells the stories of families grappling with assimilation and multicultural community. She writes, this has been the century of strangers, brown, yellow, and white. This has been the century of the great immigrant experiment. It is only now that you can walk into a playground and find Isaac Lung by the fish pond, Danny Raman in the football cage, Quang or Rourke bouncing a basketball, and E. Ray Jones humming a tune. Children with first and last names on a direct collision course. Names that secrete within them mass exodus, cramped boats and planes, cold arrivals, medical checkups. It is only now that you can find best friends Sita and Sharon, constantly mistaken for each other because Sita is white, her mother liked the name, and Sharon is Pakistani, her mother thought it best, less trouble. Yet despite all the mixing up, despite the fact that we have finally slipped into each other's lives with reasonable comfort, despite all this, it is still hard to admit that there is no one more English than the, than the Indian, and no one more Indian than the English. There are still young white men who are angry about that, who will roll out at closing time into the poorly lit streets with the kitchen knife wrapped in a tight fist. Zadie's words speak to what Tet feels like, that Isaac Lung and Danny, Danny Raman and Quang O'Rourke and E. Ray Jones might have done projects on Chinese New Year in school or come down to see the dragon dance along with the rest of their multiracial, adopted, fresh-off-the-boat immigrant American world. Zadie continues writing about one of these families, the Iqbal's Bengalis, with a mother called Alsana and two sons, one of them named Malat. Zadie writes, but it makes an immigrant laugh to hear the fears of the nationalist, scared of infection, miscegenation, when this is small fry, peanuts compared to what the immigrant fears, dissolution, disappearance. Even the unflappable Asana Iqbal would regularly wake up in a puddle of her own sweat after night visions of Malat, genetically BB, where B stands for Bengaliness, marrying someone called Sarah, AA, where A stands for Aryan, resulting in a child called Michael, BA, who in turn marries someone called Lucy, AA, living Alsana with a legacy of unrecognizable grandchildren, ah, their Bengaliness thoroughly diluted genotype hidden by phenotype. Zadie is writing about herself. She's Michael, BA, half one thing, half another, born in London to a Jamaican mother and a British father. And she's writing about me, also Michael, BA, half one thing, half another. And in this world, we fear both. We fear becoming the angry white men with the knife, and we fear dissolution, unrecognizable great-grandchildren. And we fear mixing up Sharon and Sita. We fear making mistakes, our own ignorance, 
What does that mean to be Bengali again? That's in India, in Bangladesh. Our minds fill with tigers and unlearned geography. We are rooted and winged people, and our fears are real. Zadie blames the ancestors. She calls it original trauma. She writes, and the sins of the Eastern father shall be visited upon the Western sons, often taking their time, stored up in genes like baldness. Ancient ley lines run underneath these journeys. This is a rerun, we've been here before. This is like watching TV in Bombay or Kingston or Dhaka, watching the same old British sitcom spewed out to the old colonies in one tedious eternal loop. Because immigrants have always been particularly prone to repetition. It's something to do with that experience of moving from west to east or east to west, or from island to island. Even when you arrive, you're still going back and forth. Your children are going round and round. There's no proper term for it. Original sin seems too harsh. Maybe original trauma would be better. A trauma is something one repeats and repeats, reenacting the dash they once made from one land to another from one faith to another. It is a visitation of repetition. It is a dash across continents. It is a rerun. This vision of Zadie's of ancestry is beautiful and compelling, and it's heartbreaking. It means that somehow we're all trapped. And it means that our roots, besides giving us wings, also hold us down. Harry Belafonte, the great activist, musician, and actor, was born in New York City to parents of Jamaican and Martinetian descent. He, along with Robert Friedman, wrote the words to the song, Turn the World Around, that we'll sing in a moment. Do you know who I am? Do I know who you are? Do we see one another clearly? Do we know who we are? We can't answer any of these questions without knowing where we come from. We can't have the courage to say that some days I feel like I am nation unless we know where we come from. And we can't have the courage to say some days I feel like I'm nobody unless we know where we come from. So on this Lunar New Year, on this Tet, let's tell some stories. Let's continue the conversation that was started at the Multicultural Potluck. Let's be proudly the people that we are, honoring all the places and traditions and faith and cultures that we come from, and the pain and the beauty of being from more than one. Happy New Year again. Chukmang Namoy. Amen. <laughs>